0: Ocean advocate is Andrew Stern. Andrew is the founder of SmartFin, a surfboard fin that collects ocean data while you surf. Hi, Andrew, welcome to the show.
1: Well, good morning. I'm thrilled to be on the show.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. I recently connected with Andrew via contacts that I have at Birch Aquarium and Scripps Institution of Oceanography, where I formerly worked. And uh, he is partnering with scientists at Scripps Institution of Oceanography to develop this amazing surfboard fin technology. So that's how we got connected today. Andrew is joining us from New York. And Andrew is a former neurologist, in fact. First neurologist I've had on the podcast, definitely. He is recently retired from that profession. And he is very much so involved in his nonprofit that he started called the Lost Bird Project. And with Lost Bird, he has started SmartFin. So, Andrew, I'd like to ask, What led you to the idea of SmartFin taking surfers and turning them into citizen
1: scientists? Yeah. So let's see. The SmartFin story began probably over three years ago now. I am always looking for cool ways to present environmental issues, ways that are inspirational, that are interesting, that are upbeat. One of the criteria for all of the projects that I do is I I describe them to someone else and they say, oh, man, that's cool. And then I know I'm sort of on track. What we try to do is reach out to hearts and souls of people about the environment, not so much the brain. So I'm always on the lookout for something out of the way, unusual. And by chance, really, I ran into a guy named Dr. Ben Horton who was then at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Horton's work is trying to determine sea levels for the last 2,000 years. He has a team and methods, and he goes all over the world and tries to measure that. And so I reached out to him, and I said, wow, what you do is really interesting. And we talked for quite a while about it, several conversations. And he said, you should really talk to surfers. They're the ones who really know about the oceans. I said, well all right, I'll check that out. And that was the beginning. It percolated for a while. I then met with Dr. Oscar Schofield at Rutgers. And so we met with him and and told him our idea for possibly measuring ocean chemistry at the coast. And he was very excited about it because it's a gap. It is a data set that ocean scientists do not currently have. The way they get ocean chemistry data is mainly two ways. The first is satellite information, and satellites just can't spatially resolve the coastline, and the sand interferes with their signals. The second way is deep ocean buoys, and, and deep ocean buoys are just not deployed at the coast. So when he showed me his maps of ocean chemistry there was fuzz all around the coastline. He showed me his uh, detailed map of the East Coast of the United States. And the entire coast was just a fuzzy, literally fuzzy. And he said, it's fuzzy because we don't have accurate data there. So uh, that was step two in the development of SmartFin. Step three was I ran into an engineer. And again, it was really serendipitous, Benjamin Thompson in San Diego, and he had been fooling with sensors on surfboards already. He is a structural engineer and an avid surfer and wanted to make surfboards better for the surfer and had been sensing the details of the physical characteristics of surfboards, the flex during surfing. And I said, well, that's not really my idea. I'd like to measure ocean chemistry. Could you make a sensor that would do that? And with absolutely zero knowledge or experience, he said, sure, I can do that. And that's his personality and his nature. And so three years and 30 engineers later, we actually have a smart fin that has now been validated at Scripps and works in the surf zone. It's been an enormous project just to make it. But now we have it where we are now is poised to move from the prototype to the product and then distribute it probably first to the coast of Southern California, then maybe East Coast, United States, but eventually every surfing spot in the world. The scientific community is very excited about it. It was just presented by our scientists at Scripps at the International Carl Reif Symposium in Honolulu. And apparently the response was very, very popular. In fact, I've already gotten emails from scientists there wanting one. So I guess that's a vote of confidence. So it's just be careful the kind of idea you have. It could <laughs> it could explode
0: <laughs> in, a, in a positive way,
1: in a very positive way.
0: So it's really amazing that you somehow had this chain of events happened where you realized wow there's this huge deficiency in the data right along the coast and you made that connection to the surfers and you're utilizing them to fill in that gap for scientists so in what ways can that data be useful you said you know at the coral reef symposium you've had scientists already asking you for the smart fins and scripts has verified that this scientific data is useful how are they actually using it what are they using it for, to project, or to learn.
1: Okay. The development of smartphone was a little bit backwards. Normally in science, there's a specific question and you develop the instrumentation to create the data set to answer the question. Well, we didn't begin this with a specific question, only that this data set was needed because it didn't exist. Dr. Schofield didn't say, here is the exact question we need to settle. So I asked scientists when I talk to them, well, what, what do you think this data set could serve, and everyone has a little different idea. None of these projects have been initiated because we haven't had a fin that works, but let me just go through some of them because I think they're just fascinating. First, the coastal ocean chemistry, the near-shore data, has a very, very close relationship with coastal ecosystems, and we live on the coasts, and all the fish, well, many of them are on the coasts, So the kind of habitats on the coast are determined by this coastal chemistry, and we've never known what it is before. Here's one that I think is just really cool, which is that waves contain an enormous amount of energy. If you've ever stood at the coast where there are big waves, they come in and crash, the ground shakes, and you just feel the power in that wave. Waves are basically wind energy that is transformed into wave energy, and it's an enormous amount of energy. And after the wave crashes, nobody really knows where that energy goes. It's got to go somewhere. Energy is conserved, and some of it goes into the noise of the wave crashing, but the great bulk of it, it is unknown. We just don't know what happens to all that energy. There's a theory that it goes into heat. Well, SmartFin, with its spatial resolution and precision of its temperature recording, will probably be able to answer that question. It'll measure temperatures associated with the wave crashing and see if they go up. And that could be very important for issues of warming, issues of renewable energy. I just love that idea. And I get all this from scientists who are very excited about the new data to tackle some of these problems. One is, There are, especially on the West Coast now, there are putting in desalinization plants and also power plants on the coast. Scientists want to measure the inlets and outlets to see what these are doing to ocean chemistry, specifically salinity and temperature, because fish don't tolerate the changes. So to monitor these might actually impact some of the management of the plants to make the water more habitable for local fish populations. And then I'll just want to mention one more. The lab that we work with at Scripps, their work is about the carbon chemistry associated with coral reef bleaching and degrading. And that is a very, very temperature-sensitive trigger. I mean, slight warming will initiate the bleaching. There is already a NOAA, which is National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, a federal program. They have initiated a project called CRUISE, which is coral reef early warning system. So they have put sensors on many coral reefs around the world to try to measure, is there a risk of imminent bleaching? But the system is not very good because the data is so incomplete So ours, which is relatively inexpensive compared to all other ocean sensors, could go on every coral reef in the world, and our scientists want to take them wherever they go. So that's just another idea for a possible scientific use.
0: Yeah, and who loves to be right over coral reefs? Surfers. That's where the waves break. Right. So in talking all about this data that the SmartFin collects and scientists will use for all these amazing purposes, which you just mentioned, and I'm sure many others, what scientific data does the SmartFin actually collect?
1: Right now, what we have is salinity, pH, temperature, and then very detailed wave characteristics. So those four parameters are the ones we have. People talk about chlorophyll or oxygen or nitrates. There there are many other possibilities. But they're the ones we have now. So salinity, pH, temperature, and wave data.
0: And are any of those data that the smart fin is collecting, would those be of any benefit or value to the surfers themselves?
1: That's a great question. And the answer is they could. There are actually things on the market that measure what happens to the surfboard in the waves physically so that after a session, a surfer can review what they did for the day. They can see visually all of their rides for the day. They will get a quantitation of how many turns they made, how fast they went with the idea being that they can kind of relive the day and enjoy it, but also improve their surfing. And um, I decided that for Smartfin, we are not going to be doing that. Although our GPS and Our motion tracking is probably as good as anything out there or better. And the reason is, is that the project is not about making life better in any way for any one individual. This is about paying attention to our global environment and the community. So it is my personal philosophy that commodities that serve the individual, that make the individual surfer better at surfing are actually part of our problem. So Smartfin doesn't do that. We don't provide that data. If a surfer wants to review our scientific data, we, that will be available, you know, on their ride what was the water temperature, what was their pH, but they won't there won't be any wave forecasting.
0: Okay, so the data collected from the Smartfin is primarily for the good of the planet really, the good of the ocean and understanding it for scientists to help us learn about the ocean a surfer can look at that as well and and utilize whatever data they would like and presumably could a surf company or an app development company take the open source ocean data and utilize it to project surf forecast in the future is that something
1: that could happen it absolutely could happen and We've had conversations with our intellectual property lawyers, which I personally find a bit tiresome. But whether we should be guarding against that or not is an open question. But somebody could do that. Somebody could, could access raw data and put it through software quite easily and do that. And um, you know, if they do, I, I don't actually have a huge problem with it. But it's certainly not what I do.
0: Yeah. Because the data will be open source, is that correct? Yes,
1: that's correct. It's a research tool, really. It's really meant to be available to research ocean scientists worldwide. That's the intention.
0: Yeah, I think it's an amazing intention. Currently, how does the data get from the surfboard fin to a computer?
1: Yeah. To answer that question, I wish I were an engineer, which I am not. All I can say is that it is all wireless, and it's done through regular Bluetooth. Uh, The surfer comes in after uh, his session. It is uploaded automatically to an app on his phone and then from the app up to our servers where all of the information processing takes place and then available from there.
0: Wow. And so the the surfer does not have to take the fin off the board. They don't have to plug it in. They don't have to do anything like that.
1: Nope. They have to have a smartphone that's turned on. That's it.
0: I think probably most surfers in the world have that. So that
1: (laughs) seems like a good system.
0: So you've kind of done the beta testing stage or you're ending it?
1: Well, it's done for the temperature sensor. Scripts on their pier has the, you know, state of the art sensors for all the parameters. So we compare to those and the temperature really matches up. The temperature is fabulous. It's perfect, accurate, precise, reliable, and so on. So, we're ready to go with temperature. We're now starting the further development of salinity and pH, which are not ready for use, but hopefully very soon will be.
0: Okay, and so when you've gotten all these parameters checked off, they're good to go, they're reading accurately, and the fin is ready for use by the worldwide surfing community, how Are you guys planning to get this to surfers? How can surfers obtain the smart fin once it's available?
1: Right. It will never be for sale. It will never be a fin next to another fin in a surf shop. It will be a research tool, and the distribution is going to be through the organization Surf Rider Foundation. Surf Rider Foundation is the largest organization of surfers worldwide. They have 84 chapters worldwide, and they're a pretty well-organized community, so they are going to be our distribution infrastructure. We're going to distribute it through their chapters. Surfrider just hired a person uh, full-time to work on the smart pen project and manage that distribution. So that's how it's going to go, at least to start. Any scientist will be able to get one just by asking. Um, but surfers in general will go through the Surfrider system. Wow, that's
0: really amazing. I think that's such a great partnership and such a great channel to go through. So I'm wondering though where's the money coming from to produce all these smartphones that are being given to, you know, any surfer that wants one?
1: Right. Well, so far it's entirely private donations. One of my jobs is fundraiser for this. All of the money will come from individual donations, organizations donating or scientific grants. This is a nonprofit, it will always be a nonprofit. And I think it has to be to keep the clarity of the mission. We've been approached by corporations because they love this. They'd love to have this on board for PR. And I've just, after agonizing because it would be such a nice revenue stream, I've said no.
0: So is there somewhere that any individual can donate any amount of money to help support SmartFin? Or is it mostly... You getting kind of large scale private donations. Oh,
1: bless you for asking that question. I would encourage your listening audience to not hold back. Go to smartfin.org and there's a donate button. We accept donations from anybody and everybody. It's a very expensive proposition because of the sophistication of the science and the engineering challenges. Could I, I would like to shift to another angle on the whole SmartFin project, if I could? Yeah, Um, go ahead. So the concept of SmartFin is really twofold, and we've been talking about only one aspect of it so far. What we've been talking about is data to advance ocean research and understanding, and that is critical, it's needed. How the oceans are going to handle warming and CO2 are really going to lead to what the future holds for mankind and predictions about that, how dire, how fast it's going to come. The oceans hold the key. So the data is critically important. But what I have equal passion about is raising awareness about what's happening. Smartfin is a fabulous tool to do that because people love the idea and they want to hear more about it. So like you've asked me to do this interview, I get asked to do interviews all over the world All of a sudden, and I'm starting to talk about ocean health when I am a neurologist, which is a little odd. Working with these scientists, I've learned a lot about it. The the science is one half of it, but the other half is awareness. So we go to the surfer community and say, we invite you to see the oceans not only as the coolest playground for you on Earth, but also as a critical part of the Earth's environmental system. So ride a smart fin, go out there, have a blast, but also know you are now part of a much larger community and you're contributing knowledge to sustaining all of us. And it's, it's really a very, very different kind of consciousness. And surfers are wonderful spokespeople. Wonderful messengers, far better than ocean scientists. The scientists have really failed us, I think, in in terms of communicating what they know. But surfers are great. Surfers are adored worldwide, especially by young people. And some of the top surfers are going to be talking about SmartFin. We're going to be talking about it at pro surf events and just the communities of surfers Will, you know, you look over and you'll see a smartphone on that board. Hey, what's that? Well, I'm, you know, I'm concerned about ocean health and uh, why why don't you get yourself one? But not just the surfing community. I'm also targeting the greater community, the non-surfing community, inviting other environmental minded groups in. In uh, San Diego, uh, we have a big educational component. We invite high school and junior high school and college surf teams down to scripts, we give them a smart fin. They ride a smart fin. They come in and then the scientists and us talk about ocean health, why we measure the parameters we do, the big picture, what's happening, why this is important, and because of the experience. And you know they're sitting on the beach in their wetsuits. It's education that is, I think, more effective than anything that can be done in a classroom. And some of the educational, environmental, environmental education literature supports that. that You have to be in nature to really get what's happening. So the educational piece of it is huge for me to just draw attention to ocean health needs our attention and care far more. Man, if that I don't don't know how you measure that kind of awareness, but if that could happen, it would be thrilling for me. So I've been asked to talk about ocean health and citizen science all over. I've I've spoken at the White House to groups of senators, groups of congressmen, at the Aspen Ideas Festival, at National Institutes of Health, because SmartFin is so catching and so compelling. And I'm just, I'm loving that, because it gives me a platform to talk about what I so deeply care about, which is climate change and the threat to human health that's coming.
0: First of all, I just want to say that everything that you just said in that last statement is exactly why you're on the podcast today. You are 100% creating positive change for the ocean. It's almost like SmartFin is kind of this product that's enabling you to create this awareness that, that you're so passionate about. And really, what is it's what we need. The data that's collected on Smartfins, like you said, is very important and will be very useful. It's also that the awareness that it will bring is infinitely more useful and important. And like you said, again, it can't be quantified, but that's kind of the beauty of it. It It's so important you can't put it into numbers. With that, I want to thank you so much for all the work that you're doing with Smartfin and speaking to the world, to all audiences that you can, about the importance of understanding our oceans, understanding how... We're affecting its climate and how that's ultimately going to affect us. So, Andrew, I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for being on the show. And I want to encourage listeners to connect with SmartFin, connect with Andrew, connect with Lost Bird Project. And I will be linking to SmartFin's Facebook and Twitter account so you guys can give them a like, give them a follow, and see what they're up to. When their smart fins become available, you can get one. And then uh, also visit smartfin.org. Like Andrew said earlier, you can donate money if you feel so inclined or just learn more about their projects. So Andrew, again, thank you so much for all the work you're doing for the ocean and for being on the show today.
1: Allison, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure.
0: You just heard Andrew Stern, founder of SmartFin, a surfboard fin that collects ocean data while you surf. To learn more about the topics discussed in this podcast, visit my website at AllisonRandolph.com and tune into next week's episode to hear another conversation between me and someone creating positive change for the ocean.